You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Uh, this week, we got the pleasure of hearing a word from Associate Pastor Daryl Allen. He got to talk about how to gain freedom um, from different hurt and baggage that you hold on to. And we got some really good life examples from his life. And uh, it was a really good listen. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. Good morning. It's been a little while. Excited to be here this morning. Uh, Better circumstances, I would hope. But Pastor Mike is healing up. We're excited. Uh, Usually you have like a guest speaker on Labor Day weekend. Well, surprise. Uh, Anyway, so I'm just kidding. But Pastor Mike's healing up. Excited to have him back. Uh, We're going to jump straight in. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and let's pray. Whew. I get so amped up during worship, it's hard to calm down, so just give me a second. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for everything that you're doing in our house. Thank you for everything you're doing in the Father's house in the city of Owensboro. I just praise you, Lord. I pray that every ear, every eye, and every heart is open to receive from you. Father, I just pray once again, just bless Matt and Keeley. Oh, Lord, favor upon them everywhere their foot goes. Just bless them, God. Lord, anoint this message. I pray, Lord, that every heart in this room is fertile ground. Lord, I pray that you would plant all kinds of seed in the hearts of your people. I pray, Lord, that what we talk about today, God, would just begin to open up. Lord, you're renewing minds. You're transforming thinking. Paradigms are shifting. Hearts are beginning to turn to you, Lord. Lord, we pray, God, that you would just bless every single aspect of this message. That, Lord, that you would speak. Lord, and if I get in the way, just stop me. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Well, good morning. My name is Daryl Allen, associate pastor and next-gen pastor here. It's just an easier way of saying it. So glad to be here with you. Uh, I will do my best not to run all over this stage. The last time I was up here, uh, my wife told me I got out of breath, so I'm going to slow it down to the best of my ability. I get kind of excited and amped up up here. There's a whole big message stirring in me, and I've only got 30 minutes or so to get it out when I probably need three weeks. So give me some time, okay? So, uh, Lord, thank you. You're good. But we're talking about one thing you keep hearing a lot around here is you hear healthy home for the city. You hear sons and daughters. You're hearing freedom. We got freedom groups starting here on September 11th, and we're all about being a healthy home for the city. Healthy home for the city means a healthy home starts with us. It starts with us and having healthy hearts and literally having a healthy soul and just being like, and and like I'm just going to tell you, we talk about freedom so much that it might sound like a new buzzword in church. It might sound like something you may have, some of you be like, what does that mean? Freedom, America, guns? That's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about freedom in Jesus Christ, freedom from emotional baggage, freedom from not just sickness, but a lot of emotional junk inside of our hearts. Somebody got excited when I said America. So anyway, so the thing is, We're all about freedom in this house, and as I was kind of praying over what to talk about, the only thing that really came to me, besides the Word of God, don't get nervous on me. He's going to preach the Word, right? There's Scripture. Don't worry, it's in here. But I really felt like the Lord put on my heart to tell my story. And my story, uh, this last, I've been here four and a half years, and I've been on this journey, really, I'm going to be honest, for probably about 11 years, I've been on a journey of emotional health and freedom. 
uh, I, I don't want to start back 11 years because that's going to take too long. So, well, let's not do that to you this morning. But really, in the last, in the, ever since I've been here at this house, the Lord has begun to do a work in me. He began to transform me, began to change me. But really, in the last probably four months, God has done, I've got some of the most massive breakthrough. I've gotten breakthroughs. I got a breakthrough in 2018. I got a massive breakthrough in 2019, 2020. Uh, the, Lord, the Lord is always moving and breathing and breaking through. God, Jesus always says, I'll see you on the other side. In fact, Jesus is the breaker. As you look in the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, he's the one who breaks through. Jesus is all about breakthrough. Look to your neighbor and say breakthrough. Look to your other neighbor and say snakes. I just want to see if you're with me. So uh, you're like, what does that mean? Persuasive snakes to be exact. Oh, some of my youth leaders know what I'm talking about. So you're like, well, we'll get there. But the thing is, the thing is, it really started in the last like four months. And, and uh, I've begun to walk through freedom. And freedom is something I didn't know I needed. Like Nathan was talking about, like a lot of times we tend to think, well, I don't have any dirt. You don't have to have any dirt. I don't have this radical, like 180. I was like, I mean, Pastor Mike's testimony is powerful. You don't have to, he'll even tell you. He's like, I don't even wish that my testimony upon you, but obviously God gets glory out of our testimony. Revelation 1 says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Your testimony, no matter how dirty, no matter how clean or sort of clean, it's, there's power in your testimony, power in your story. And the Lord began to do a mighty work in me when I didn't know I needed freedom. And uh, the Lord tends to speak to me whenever I'm on baseball fields. I used to play a lot of baseball and played basketball too. But I went to Florida earlier this year, and I basically spent some time with the Lord. How many of you guys know when you spend time with the Lord, you can hear him? So I spent time with the Lord, and I'm walking on a baseball field, and I always feel like the Lord's just drawing me. Like, hey, take a walk. Come take a walk over here. And then the Lord begins to speak to me. He's like, how about Saturday mornings? And I'm like, what about Saturday mornings? He's like, do you remember when you used to get up at 5.30 in the morning on Saturdays and you would ride your bike? I was with you. And some of you might be like, hmm, I don't know if God talks this way. Let's just think about this. When you look in the Old Testament, they didn't carry Bibles around back then. They had, the, they had God himself. They had the Spirit of God to talk to him, to talk to many people in the Bible. So he said, he said, remember Saturdays? Do you remember, like, you just, I just love those times with you. And I'm like, wow, I totally forgot. By the way, why do I get up at 5.30? When your mom drives a bus during the week for 15 years, she wakes you up at 5.30 to make sure you get breakfast before she goes to work. So 5.30 on Saturday was normal for me growing up. And I would ride my bike around my neighborhood. I don't know if I'd do that today at the age I was doing it. But the point is, you could do it back then. Some of y'all can relate. So, uh, like, you could do that then. It's like sending your kids into the store by themselves. Who does that now? Probably not very many, uh, unless they're old enough. But the Lord spoke to me, and I said, God, I'm here to just spend time with you. I'm here, and I'm open. I want to be free. Lord, if there's anything in me that I need freedom from, I'm open. You know when we put our hands out and say, I want to receive anything you have for me? I'm open. I was doing that, and then I heard this. I heard something in my spirit rise up. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Now, he's a good, good father. Some of y'all about to break out. Let's go. He's a good father. And I go, wait a minute. You're, 
wait, it's going to hurt? You are going to let hurt come my way? No, 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 no. You're a good father. You give good gifts. All the good gifts come from the Father of lights from heaven above. That's you. And then, because I, I, I got defensive. Anybody ever get defensive? Don't raise your hand. That's a test. I get a little, I've learned over the years that I get a little defensive. Ask my wife. All of us do. But then, when I calmed down, he spoke to me again. He said, it's going to hurt, but I'm here to help you. It's going to hurt, but I'm here to help you. When talking about freedom, sometimes it's going to hurt worse when you're healing. Like, one time I tried to catch a softball with my hand. It was a fly ball. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Don't ever do that again. I lost it in the lights, and I reached my hand out, and I split my hand open. I just saw a lot of blood and and stuff and a massive cut between my index finger and my thumb. And I thought, I'm fine. Guy goes, I'm a nurse. You need to go to the ER right now. You're going to need stitches. That's bad. No, bro, I feel fine. And uh, he goes, seriously, go to the emergency room. It didn't hurt that bad. But then when I got to the, when I got to the emergency room, uh, I got a really blunt, caustic doctor, sticks the needle, doesn't even, there's no bed, bedside manner at all, just sticks, hey, how you doing? Oh yeah, you're going to need stitches. Immediately puts a needle straight into the cut, and I'm like, <laughs> and then, and then, he's, then, then he starts to squeeze it to get all the gutsy, the little juice, gutsy juice out. I'm like, I'm like hurting so bad. And then he begins to stitch it, and there's no like gentle finesse at all. It's like, my hand hurt worse after. Now, you might say, Pastor Darrell, that's not major surgery. But if you've had surgery, by the way, my hand hurt worse after that. If you've had surgery in the room, a lot of times you hurt more after than you did before. And sometimes when it comes to healing, the lies that just because you're hurting, you're not healing and you're not getting better, that is a lie from the pit of hell. A lot of times we have to hurt so we can heal. That's a word, folks. I'll leave it there. Healing hurts worse the closer you the closer you get to being whole, but God wants to help you just like he helped me. He wants to help you today. Freedom groups are not just something we're doing for fun to say, well, we've got groups. Welcome to our church. No, we believe in a healthy home for the city, healthy people. Our whole cultures, there are people that are coming to our church, coming to get healthy, and just like I'm going to say Matt and Keeley, we're, they're, they're leaving, sending them out. God bless them. We love them. We're excited for them. You know what I mean? That's, that's what we're about. Everybody say, don't avoid pain. Sometimes to be realigned and reset, an injury requires more pain while you're healing than it did before. Don't avoid the pain. A lot of times, many of us are afraid to pursue freedom because it may take us to the deepest pains of our lives. We don't want to go there. I remember in 2005, I didn't want to go to the pains of my past. I said, man, that's looking backward. I'm looking forward. And I, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, I wish I took that time in 05 to deal with some of the pains of my past. No matter how bad your past is, no matter how it's not so bad, all of us have a past. But we don't want to face it because it hurts too bad. It cuts too deep. And some of us have mistaken our pain and our wounds for strength. Like some of the things that hurt us, it's that, it's that Motivation Monday stuff you see on social media. They didn't believe in me. Well, I believed in me, and I'm going to rise to the top. All that kind of, look, I love that stuff. Makes a great movie. Rocky Balboa, let's go. Big underdog, defy the odds, success, champion. 
You get what I'm saying? All that Motivation Monday stuff, you see guys lifting weights, and it's this powerful message, and you read the captions. I don't know about you, but I read a lot of captions. The thing is, at the end of the day, this wounds are not our strength. Pain is not our strength. But the good news is, is that God is good, and he's never going to take us to a place that he can't redeem, that he can't restore, and that he can't heal us from. God will never, it may hurt at first, but he is going to heal your heart if you would just be open to him. Today, if you would just be open to God, be amazed at what he does. There are people in the room right now, you are carrying hurt, you are carrying pain, you are carrying bitterness, and you are carrying offense. Someone has offended you. Someone has hurt you. Somebody has made you mad. Somebody's hurt your feelings. Anybody that hasn't had hurt feelings, lift up your hands. All of us have been, every single one of us. Pastor Darrell, but you don't understand. People in the church hurt me. Yeah, people in the church hurt me too. And guess what? Hurt people hurt people. I'm not deconstructing. That's a whole other sermon. We're not going to get there. But the thing is, some people in the church have been, some people have been hurt in the church by things that probably shouldn't really hurt them. Some things are legitimate. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. That's a Pastor Mike saying, by the way. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But the thing is, hear what I am saying. There is hurt. There's offense. There's bitterness. That's the devil's playground. That's the bait of Satan. Go read the John Bevere book. Listen to the sermon on YouTube. It'll open up a little, a little light bulb in your head. Poof. That's the bait of Satan. The devil wants to get you offended. He wants to get you angry. He wants to get you bitter because he knows if he can get you to that place, he can steal your joy. He can steal your peace. And the devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And if he can't kill you and he can't destroy you, he's going to steal every ounce of your hope. He's going to steal every ounce of your joy. He's going to steal all of your peace. And he's going to do anything he can to take it from you because that's what he does. And a lot of times the devil, he wants, to, he wants us, we give him permission to do it because we stay there. We stay offended. We stay hurt. We stay angry. The, 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 the Bible says that the devil is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's permission. May devour. Offense gives him permission. It opens a door. Sin opens a door for the devil to come in and do some work in our hearts. He, it's a foothold. We've got to beware of it, folks. We have to, it all starts in our heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, So above all, Guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. So we're to, like, I don't know about you, but I got issues. Anybody else got issues? Come on, somebody. I see some people way up there. They're like, yep, that's me. Hey, we all got issues. The issues of life flow out of our heart. Everything in our life. Issues with your kids. Issues in your marriage. Issues at work, issues at school, all those issues. Social media issues. Some of you guys got enemies on social media. I'm sorry. So the thing is, uh, you got to know what battle to fight. But the thing is, our heart must be guarded. And when we guard our heart, it's not just, we don't just, like, we think when we're wounded and offended, we're guarding from everything out here from getting in. However, when you guard something, it is double-sided. When you guard a castle, you're not only people, people, 
keeping people from getting in, but you're also allowing who gets out. And a lot of times we hold on to wounds and offenses and bitterness, and it all stays in here. We need to not only cut people off at the door, but we need to say goodbye to some things inside of our heart and let these things go. Let these people go. Pastor Darrell, they've hurt me so bad. I know God is wanting you to deal with it. But you don't understand, this, this issue keeps coming up. It keeps coming up. It's because the Holy Spirit has allowed it to continually to come up so that you would deal with it. See, a lot of times, again, we think pain is bad. If you get bored, read Leadership Pain by Samuel Chan. In a nutshell, pain means you're growing. If, you're not, if you don't have pain, you're not leading. If you don't have pain, you're not growing. I got pain when I wake up, Miss Faye. What is that? I might be growing. So, that's a joke. <laughs> so, here's the thing. Why freedom, Pastor? We have to guard our heart. What comes in and also what goes out, what stays in. There are things that we're holding on to that God is literally asking us to release. But sometimes we think, man, I don't want to let that go because I'm angry at that person and I want them to be punished and them to pay. You're the one that's miserable. You're the one holding on to it. You're the one that needs to let it go. But you don't know what they've done. They've really hurt me. I'm not saying they haven't really hurt you. I'm not saying that your pain's not real. I'm not downplaying any of your pain. I've had people in churches downplay my pain, and that hurt me. I've been hurt in church, guys. Me, I'm a pastor. I've been hurt over the years. It's possible. But at the end of the day, I'm either teachable or I'm not. I'm either coachable or I'm not. By the way, the biblical word for that is discipleship. I'm a disciple or I'm not. Now, granted, some people have heard us, and it's not legitimate at all. It's not. And if you're carrying anything like that in your heart today, I believe the Lord is asking you to confront it and deal with it today. All right, Pastor Darrell, why freedom? It's biblical, and it's part of our identity in Christ. Galatians 5.1, the passion says, At last... We have freedom for Christ has set us free. We must always cherish this truth and firmly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Jesus, the anointed one, has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and refuse to go back to our past. Pastor Darrell, you just contradicted yourself. Notice it says refuse to go back to the bondage of our past. It doesn't say don't go there and acknowledge it happened. It says don't go back to the bondage it's holding you in because it's holding you in bondage. And Jesus Christ didn't just die on the cross so that we could be forgiven, but he came to set us free, and that's part of our identity in Christ. A lot of us in the room are forgiven, but we're not walking in freedom. Pastor Darrell, I've repented of my sins. I've trusted in Jesus. I'm forgiven. I'm going to heaven one day, but you're not walking in freedom. You need the whole thing is our sin separates us from God, cuts us off from our relationship with Him. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection gives us full access to God. Jesus paid this price for all of our sin. If we accept and trust him and place our faith in him, confess his name, we are forgiven. Romans 10.9 says this, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. 
One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness. One confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. That word saved comes from the word sozo, which means to make you whole. Jesus didn't just die on the cross so that you'd be forgiven of your sins. That's part of it. He died on the cross and he rose from the dead so that you could be made whole in your heart, physically, emotionally, socially, spiritually, every part of you. Unfortunately, we've only received God's forgiveness, but not his freedom. But freedom. God's grace ends our separation from him by what Jesus did on the cross, but freedom is a process which our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, and our body are restored and renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit. A lot of us are forgiven, but Jesus also died for our freedom and to make us whole and to make us complete. And there's a lot of churches they're like, a lot, of, a lot of people, if you haven't been around here long enough, you're like, what is this? I'm going to tell you. Go to the journey. Join a group and see what it's about. I'm here to tell you my story. I'm not even done yet. Freedom makes us whole at the end of the day. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, may the God of peace sanctify you wholly, making your body, your soul, and spirit, making you blameless, completely flawless. In the appearing of our Lord Jesus, God has come to make you complete, to make you whole, to make you holy. And literally, so that our spirit, our soul, and our body is kept blameless or flawless. Jesus Christ has come. God wants to make us complete and whole. Our body, our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, and our spirit is how God interacts with us. He gives us a new spirit when we trust in Jesus. Somebody to be taking notes. You're going to be teaching this one day. First Thessalonians 5.23, God wants to make you whole. Freedom makes us whole. Sozo, holy, not holy like in a hole in a wall. Holy as in like set apart and consecrated. Sozo, holy, holy as in complete. Are you picking up on a theme here? Am I talking too fast? How am I doing, Trisha? Okay. I told Trisha, just calm me down if I start getting out of breath and crazy. I get excited when I read, like, reading the Bible gets exciting to me, man. Like, connect the dots. Oh, that's what that means. Oh, Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets, and that's why Moses and Elijah appeared to him in the transconfiguration. Whoa, that's so cool. So cool. Here's a question Are you whole? Are you walking in freedom? See, the thing is, a lot of us don't really know. You don't really know. When I went to Florida, I just said, hey, I think I'm pretty good. I know there's a couple things I was dealing with, but I'm like, overall, I'm pretty good. But the Lord wrecked me, wrecked me as I spent time with him, as I began to pursue freedom. So here's what I learned. There's fruits and there's roots. See, like a fruit might be depression. A fruit might be anxiety. A fruit might be addiction. But the root is a whole different thing. You have five major roots. Fear, pride, unbelief, trauma, and rejection. Fear, pride, unbelief, rejection, and trauma. Five major roots. Somebody in here, you might be struggling with anxiety. Well, that's the root of fear. You can try to cut off all the anxiety all you want. You're scared of the dark. You keep all the lights on, but it doesn't change that there's still a root of anxiety in your heart. By the way, that was kind of, I don't think anybody has that problem, but you might have anxiety about being in public places. You got to deal with the root. Where does that come from? 
Some of you have pride, and I'm including myself because I thought I had zero pride. But I found out I had pride in my heart. That's those I statements. I'll never let anybody hurt me like that again. I'll never allow that to happen to my children. I've made like, I made an I statement. I made a vow. I made something in my heart that I had no clue about. Unbelief. Unbelief is just like not trusting God. Uh, total unbelief and rejection, right? A lot of people, a lot of people that might be addicted to porn, a lot of that's a rejection route. Got quiet. Trauma. Trauma, that's a whole big thing. See, my story is I spent time with the Lord, and he takes me on this fantastic voyage, the Coolio version. And uh, if you know that song, I bet Heidi does. Heidi does. She's nodding her head over there. Come on and take a ride on a... Anyway, so there's this treehouse, and I just I feel this prompting to go into this treehouse. It's kind of weird. I'm kind of a big kid. If you know me for a little bit, I'm a big kid. I love kids. I, I'm just, so I see this treehouse, and I'm like, nah, I don't want to go in there. That's stupid. It's stupid. I just hear the Lord just like, come on, come to the treehouse. Fine. I get in the treehouse. There's not really a treehouse. It's just a, a, a ladder into a tree, and it took me about 10 minutes to get a comfortable spot, but I finally found it. And the Lord hit me with a question just sitting there in the hot sun in the shade of that tree. And he said, you don't dream anymore. And I started crying because he was right. He was right. So I began to talk to him like, Lord, why don't I dream anymore? And he goes, and he began to show me that I'm looking for strength from people and strength from other things that aren't him. And then he begins to show me something when I was 11 years old. My dad lost his job when I was 11 years old. And my parents hid it from us for a long time. I mean, it's funny. Looking back, it's like, this is so obvious. But when you're camping out in the backyard every night and then going to school the next morning, you, just, you don't, I don't know, I just think it's fun. You're camping out back. But when you go to the bathroom, there's no power, there's no lights. There's no air conditioning. And this goes on for like a month-ish. On the weekends, my, we'd go to the hotels and swim in a pool and be in an air-conditioned room for a little while. I had no clue what was going on. But my dad lost his job, and then we lost our home. And then things were so bad that my mom says to me one day, and by the way, if my mom was alive and knew I was saying this, this would be totally shameful to her. So my mom's shame became my shame. But I remember my mom going to me and saying, Daryl, if you don't sell your baseball cards, I'm going to jail. Because she'd been writing cold checks to keep us afloat. What's a cold check, right? Basically, bound, writing checks that there was no money to cash, accruing fees, and then it just keeps spiraling. If you use a cash advance, it's going to work in a similar way, sort of. And I remember I had this Ricky Henderson rookie card. 1980 tops, Ricky Henderson rookie card. At the time, worth about $150 to $200. The best card I had. This was my favorite card. 
And my mom says, you got to sell your baseball cards, and I know which one i got to sell first. It's this one. So in that moment, what I didn't realize is that a root of unbelief began to take place that I'm no longer protected and that I'm the child now becoming the parent taking care of my mom at 11 years old. I'm going to tell you right now, folks, you think you're doing just fine. Look, I went through most of my life thinking I'm just fine, but this moment wrecked me and changed my life forever. Even Pastor Mike himself, he goes, man, this event was super big to you, wasn't it? I said, yes, it changed my entire family forever. I go to sell these cards, and a guy offers me $15. Now, here's the pressure I'm feeling. If I don't sell this card and everything in this book, my mom's going to jail. I'm going to tell you right now, the weight on my shoulders at 11 years old, we're not ready to handle that. Here I know, fast forward all these years later, and the Lord exposes this route. You don't feel protected you can't tr- I can't trust anybody to take care of me like me. I'll take care of everybody else better than I'll take care of myself. I don't expect anybody to take care of me because no one's looked out for me from that moment on. In my heart, in my, I didn't know I had a root of unbelief that even God himself, I don't even know this. I had pride in my heart that no one's going to protect me. I'm going to protect me. I didn't know that, but that was a root of pride and unbelief in my heart that the Lord had to cut out. And a lot of you guys are carrying something similar. You got trauma, you got unbelief, you got pride, you've been hurt, and if you don't deal with it, it's just going to continue to grow. I believe me telling my story today is exposing some things in your hearts and your minds right now. There's only one thing I know I'm supposed to do today is to tell this story. So I'm... I ended up not selling the card. My dad would not let me sell it because it was only $15. $15 was not going to save us that day. Fortunately, somehow, God provided, even though I didn't know him and my parents didn't know him, that I didn't have to sell any of my cards, and somehow my mom never went to jail, praise God. But that, I don't even know if it was real, but my mom threatened me with it. So here I am sitting in this tree. And here's what you don't know. I'm going to try to speed this up best I can. I'm also in the Little League Championship Tournament this, around this same time. I'm going to school, taking a bath at my granny's house before I go to school. But this, this, this is like the most important year in baseball because we're in the championship running. I'm missing some games because my dad is so defeated that he can't even drive me to the game. We don't even have a car anymore. But when I did finally make it to a game back during all this season, when I would get up to, when you get up to bat, you cheer your teammate's name. But when I got up to bat, nobody cheered my name. It was dead silence. Who? What have they been saying? I thought I was a freak. I was, a, I was weird. I was messed up. I didn't know what was wrong, but that wounded me at that age. Pastor Darrell, that's kind of like your dad didn't love you kind of stuff. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I don't even think about that, but the Lord exposed that, and I go, that's where the root of rejection comes from. That's when I started feeling weird. That's when I started feeling broken and misunderstood. But the Lord, the Lord comes in, and as he always does, he just wrecks me. He says, look up, Daryl. 
And I look up, and all I see are these branches. I have a picture on my phone, but I'm in this tree, and I just see these branches. He goes, Daryl, look up. He goes, you're safe in my shade tree. In my tree, you're protected. You don't have to feel unprotected anymore. And then a picture rose up in my, in my spirit, and it was this book, if we've got it. It was the giving tree. You might say, Pastor Darrell, what does that mean? God knows that's my favorite book as a little kid. Because that little tree took care of that little boy his whole life, even until he was an old man. And God was saying, hey, Daryl, I've been with you all these years. I've never forsaken you. I've never abandoned you. I'm here and you're safe in my shade tree. Come on in and rest. I'm going to protect you even till you're an old man. I've got you. It's better and good. It's so freaking good. And I said freaking from the pulpit. If you're offended, I'm sorry. Repent later. It's so freaking good. John 8.32 says, If you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom of your lives. The truth shall set you free. The Lord says, I'm protected. Then he begins to wreck me even more over the coming days. He's like, hey, Daryl, I love you. He says, if you'll just delight in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. What do you dream? What do you desire? I'll give it to you. All right, Lord, I'm going to delight in you. I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to get happy with you. I'm going to dance with you. And you're going to give me the desires of my heart, not because you're giving me stuff, but because you are the delight and the desire of my heart. The Lord spoke to me a few days later. And this guy, he says, in the hardest conversation of my life to date, he says, Daryl, it's going to hurt, but God's going to help you. I was like, boom, confirmation from God right there. And I begin to unload about where I'm bleeding. What is my greatest need? Where am I bleeding the most? And I begin to unload. I've got unforgiveness towards my parents. I've been hurt by this moment. Uh, there's all kinds of rejection from my friends and my teammates. We won the Little League Championship, but it meant nothing because I felt rejected in that season. My life was a wreck. I'd go to school, pretend everything's fine. I quit basketball. I quit every sport. My teachers and coaches are asking, what's wrong with you, Daryl? And I can't say a darn thing about it because it's my mom's shame. And if I let that out, she is going to not only let me have it, but her shame became my shame. And I carried that for years. Pastor Daryl, you're getting loud. Because it changed me so deeply. But God came to set me free. He came to set me free. He began to cut all these roots out. Praise God. Freedom brings peace and rest. No more striving. No more performance-based Christianity. Sonship is the result of freedom in Jesus Christ. I don't have to do anything. I don't understand that. I keep hearing you, Pastor Mike, and others say this. I'm going to tell you right now. I was feeling, every time I preach, I feel the weight of souls on my back. I feel the weight of eternity. I feel the weight of like, Lord, is there a word I can give somebody today that can set them free? Can somebody be encouraged today and know that you, God, love them and you gave everything for them? Is there something they need specifically? I feel that weight. But I get an A++ before I ever get up here because he loves me and I don't have to perform for it. See, we're really, it's really rooted at a young age. Work hard, get a job, get married, have kids, buy a house. When you're in school, you don't get A's. Hey, you get punished. 
You talk a little too much? I don't know if you guys know this, but I talked a lot in school. I actually got in trouble talking in school. Hard to believe, but it happened. Some of y'all over here got in trouble for things. And you know what? It may have come from the same places. Wounds, offense, bitterness. Freedom brings peace and rest and freedom. Really, freedom makes us whole if you're open to it. If you're open to Jesus Christ, the more open you are, the more likely you're going to get free. The more open you are, the more likely you'll get free. Pastor Darrell, this is all brand new. I just want to read the word, study the word, go eat lunch. I get it. I get it. I was that, gay for, I was that guy for a while. But somewhere along the way, it's not enough. It's not enough. You need more. You need to know you're loved by God the Father. You need to know that he's for you, never against you. I'm going to tell you, I used to go to bed at night when I first gave my life to Jesus, and I would repent of my sins every night before I went to bed. That's a good thing. I don't even know if I sinned, but I was like, I don't want to die and go to hell. Now, do I sit here and walk in sin and think I'm okay? No. But I don't have to worry about that like I did then because I know he loves me and he's for me. That sounds like too much grace. It's called love, people. It's called love. I have a daughter. She messes up sometimes. I have grace for her. It doesn't change the gold I see in her. I see gold in her before anybody else does. There are people in the room. I know you, right? There's some people who aren't in the room. I know them. They know me. We know stuff. At the end of the day, there's gold at the end of the day, and that's all I see because that's all that God sees. Your sins are as far as the east is to the west, never to be remembered again, justified before the Lord. Freedom brings wholeness, freedom brings rest and peace, but also it's ongoing and you must fight for it. Galatians 5.1, New Living Translation, Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. I'm going to get to that one in a second. It says make sure that you stay free. You have to be proactive. Pastor Darrell, you're saying, wait, I can rest in the Lord? Right? I can, have, I can rest in the Lord, but I still have to fight for it? What does that mean? It means you got to be proactive. A lot of people love to tell me who Jesus is and what the Bible says, but they've never actually read it. you got to know what God says. As you read the Word of God, He's going to re rewire your thinking. He's going to change the way you think. You're going to start seeing yourself the way God sees you. You're not just a sinner down in the mud, piece of crap on the bottom of somebody's boot. You're a son of God. You're a saint. You're now part of the family of God. You are now part of the, the, the house, the Father's house, God's family, however you want to word it. You are worthy to sit at the table. I don't know if I'm, I think some people are getting hungry out there. I'm not sure. But it's, you also have to trust the Holy Spirit, and you also have to be self-aware. See, Galatians, I'm just going to abbreviate here, but read Galatians 5. Galatians 5 gets into all kinds of stuff, like things that, things that would be sinful. And like, there's a lot of bad things like sorcery, pharmacia drugs, there's a lustful pleasures, impurity, sexual immorality, idolatry. There's drunkenness, wild parties, revelries, wild parties, if you know what it's really saying. Uh, other sins like these, it says, but here's the thing, it says hostility, 
quarrel, or quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension and division, the, anyone living that sort of life doesn't inherit the kingdom of God. If you have a problem with a brother over here or a sister over here, you need to work it out because Galatians says that we got to have love. We're free. We're walking in freedom, but that doesn't mean we're to abuse our freedom and do whatever we want. It means that we have freedom in Jesus Christ, but not all things are beneficial to us and good for us. But when we're walking in freedom, we also need to walk in love. There are people in the room, there are people in your family that have hurt your feelings, that have offended you. I'm just going to go throw myself out there. I may have said something to you that offended you, and guess what? I probably don't know it. Guess what? They don't know it either. But you've got to go and make it right. If you're offended, go to that person and work it out. Whew. I don't know, man, but I'm, I'm airdropping some truth. I hope, it's, I hope you guys are hitting accept. So the thing is, at the end of the day, Pastor Darrell, so what? Jesus died for our forgiveness, but he resurrected for our freedom. Period. You, you can't just be forgiven. You've got to walk in freedom. How are we going to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth if you don't even know how to get there? What do I, I don't even know what the kingdom of heaven is. If you want, you want to walk in freedom, you can't lead somebody where you haven't been. You need to walk through freedom so you can set the captives free. Jesus didn't just say he's done it. We are supposed to do it. What would happen if you got free from all your hurt, pain, bitterness, all these old wounds? We have counselors. God bless them. I've been to a counselor before. Help me immensely. A Christian counselor down in Tennessee, one of the wisest dudes I've ever met. We have theophostic counseling. That's sozo. But the Holy Spirit is also our counselor. And we need to let him counsel us. Let him do a work in us. As I sat in that tree, as I was in, I, was, I spent time with the Lord. I'm like, Lord, this is so easy. He goes, duh, spend more time with me. Spend more time with me. And there's more I'm going to show you. All right, bet. That's what I'm going to do. So as the worship team comes up, told you I had like three weeks worth here. I'm cutting it down. <laughs> My wife goes, Daryl, you've got like two or three, four weeks worth. She'll always tell me. I was like, it's hard when you only got a one hit wonder coming. You know what I'm saying? It's a joke. But really, it's like, man, I got, I got, there's so much stuff in here. At the end of the day, Jesus Christ died on the cross to forgive you of your sins. Yes, but he also resurrected so that not only you'd be in heaven, but you'd walk in freedom. Freedom is part of your identity. Read Galatians. It's all in there. Galatians 5. So, as you, uh, as you stand to your feet today, now we got to stand? Yes. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come on down. See, as I sat in that tree, the Lord exposed all these things. There's even more I haven't told you. The Lord revealed to me that he still needed me that he still wanted me, that he still desired me. And he said, and, and he basically said, Daryl, you are exactly where I've placed you. See, I've got a heart for young people. I've got a heart for the next generation. Z, Alpha, it doesn't matter. But the Lord showed me, look at what happened to you at 11. How many other kids are going through that too? How many adults are in the room? How many young adults are in the room carrying something like I did? Yeah, 
And the Lord says, hey, today is the day of freedom. Today is not only the day of salvation, but today is the beginning of your freedom. If you would come to Jesus Christ, if you would trust in him and you would unload before him, it's the beginning. See, the thing is, freedom is not a magic bullet. Freedom's not just a one hit, one thing you do. Freedom is ongoing. You must fight for it. You must contend for it. See, Jesus has come to set the captives free. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in this room today and you say, Pastor Daryl, you're speaking to me. I'm carrying a lot of stuff. Maybe you're walking in sin. God is here to say, I love you. He gave Jesus to die on the cross for you bankrupting heaven to not to forgive you and set you free. No longer does sin have power over you. No longer does the law have power over you. Sin has lost its power. The penalty of sin has lost its power. The threat of sin has lost its power because Jesus Christ died on the cross, shed his blood and rose from the dead so that you could be saved, made complete, made whole, forgiven and walking in freedom. If that's you today, if that's you today, I just want you to lift your hand up. If that's you, Pastor Daryl, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. I see those hands. You're talking to me. You're talking to me. You're talking to me. Hmm. There are some of you in the room that you're holding things against people. You're holding offense in your heart towards people. May I encourage you to forgive them. The Bible says in Galatians 5.13, I'm sorry, James 5, my bad. It says, it says that we're to confess our sins to one another, our offenses, and pray for one another, that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous believer can accomplish much when put into action, made effective by God. It is dynamic with tremendous power. Some of you guys just, this prayer team is up here. If you raised your hand, you want to trust in Jesus for forgiveness. Or you're in this room and you're carrying offense and wounds. You've got pain. Come to this prayer team and just let them pray for whatever you got going on in your heart. And the Lord says he'll heal you and restore you with tremendous power. If that's you, just come on up. Just come on up. If you're a little nervous, bring somebody with you. It's a little scary, Pastor Darrell. I know. I know it's scary. Because it's going to hurt. But God says he's going to help you. And he's going to heal you. And he's going to restore you. Will you just trust him? I want everyone in the room to examine their hearts. Say, God, will you examine my heart? Is there anything in me that I need to set right? Is there anything in me? Is there anyone I need to forgive? I forgave my mom and dad, weeping and crying. I have a man from Florida that calls and checks up on me just because that wrecked him. Hearing a deep crying wail that I'd never let out anywhere. I forgave my mom and dad. I've forgiven pastors who have hurt me. Yeah, I know that's in the room right now. Pastors have hurt you. Leaders have hurt you. 
People have hurt you. Christian brothers and sisters have hurt you. Some intentional, some not. It's not, it's fitting that you're here today if that's you. I just want to encourage you to come on up and pray if that's you. Nobody's going to think anything about you. Nobody's going to judge you at all. The Lord comes to heal and bring freedom. Heavenly Father, I praise you and I thank you that you are literally working on the hearts of your people. I pray that you would cut the roots of fear, pride, unbelief, trauma, rejection out of the hearts of your people. Father, we have, we have tried to cut the fruits with behavior modification and it doesn't work. We're asking, I'm asking you to get to the root and begin to expose it and cut it out of our hearts. Lord, that we would do the work, that we would fight for it, God. Lord, that you would come in. We invite you in, Holy Spirit, to heal every wound, every offense, every bit of bitterness in our hearts. Because you love us. If anybody needs prayer, the altar will continue to be open. Last thing I'm going to say, and I'm not trying to drag this out, I promise. If any of this resonated with you, the Holy Spirit is confronting you. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Trust him. Trust him. Some of you guys need, need to forgive. See, my parents were dead. I had, I had to forgive my parents they're dead. They're gone. I can't go to them today. The Lord can still set you free. People that hurt me, I love them and I pray for them. I contacted them. See, the key thing you don't get is when we confess our sin one to another, it doesn't mean we have to share our dirt. It just means we need to make things right with one another. In fact, revival broke out in China almost 100 years ago because people had the boldness, the conviction, and the obedience to do it. China, 1930s, folks, blows my mind. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. Altar's open. Anybody needs prayer, Lord, we're here. Lord, bless everyone as they're going home. Whatever they're about to eat, bless that too. Bless the people working hard. I pray they tip well. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. You guys have a blessed Sunday. We'll see you next week.